Hello, and welcome to today's episode of The Pagan Parlor. Today is Friday, December 31st, 2021. Happy New Year's, everyone. I am your host, Maximilian Penshord, but you can call me Max. And here in this podcast, we explore a variety of things related to paganism. At this point, I would like to give a notice and reminder that paganism is a broad term that envelops many different pantheons and belief systems, and as such, this podcast will be focused on paganism as a whole and not on any specific branch of it. Each episode contains a short lesson on a stone or metal, a pagan promotion section, a story, myth, or legend, a segment I like to call Keeping Up with the Christians, which you will hopefully find amusing as well as informative on what the Christians are up to lately, and an audience Q&A segment. Now, since we are all busy people, we'll jump straight in with a quick ritual. This ritual is intended to join the energies of the listeners in with the energies of the host and the same in reverse, as well as basic protections from the ill intentions of others. Feel free to join in at home or wherever and whenever you find yourself. I will now light a candle, and as I do so, I invite in all beings of good intent into the ritual space. Humans, gods and goddesses, spirits and the fae, come and join together in good nature and to play. Come old, come young, come scarred and burned, it matters little when there's a lesson to be learned. Come in good faith and you will be safe. But come with ill intent, and your mind shall get bent. Bring us together in storms and good weather. Keep us from pain and from those who are sane. For the harm of none and the good of many, we call to the gods, and they are many. Blessed are we, so mote it be. This week, the metal suggested for research by our designated stone selector, Kip, from the Sorcerer's Guild on Facebook, is platinum. As such, let's get ready to learn something magical. This week's lesson uses information that comes from thecrystalcouncil.com and wikipedia.org. Platinum is a dense and malleable metal that is both ductile and highly non-reactive, with a silverish-white color. This naturally occurring metal comes mostly from South Africa, which produces roughly 80% of the world's platinum, and due to its overall scarcity, this metal is a precious commodity. Thankfully, for those trying to get a hold of some, it is still less valuable than gold, even if only marginally so. Platinum is commonly used for things that range from catalytic converters to lab equipment and even jewelry, as this metal is one of the least reactive metals and most resistant to corrosion, even at high temperatures. This amazing metal doesn't melt until over 3200 degrees Fahrenheit or 1760 degrees Celsius, and it will not dissolve in either hydrochloric acid or nitric acid, while only rating between a 4 and a 4.5 on the hardness scale. In a metaphysical sense, platinum is associated with the planet Neptune, the zodiac signs of Leo and Pisces, and the element of storm. Platinum is used to align and enhance the entire chakra system 
by linking one to the etheric chakras through which one may draw cosmic energies into the body. This attunement can be used to assist one in walking their highest purpose as well as forming an astral body. Platinum is aligned with multiple cosmic dimensions, and so working with this metal can lead to visions of alternate dimensions and timelines. Platinum helps give us insights that lead to spiritual growth as well as shooting us forward into new and more expansive perspectives. In addition to this, Platinum is excellent for communicating with spiritual guides and higher beings, as well as being an excellent enhancer to the energies of other metals and stones. Platinum is a heavy metal, and as such, exposure to platinum salts can lead to health issues. In the short term, exposure can result in irritation to the eyes, throat, and lungs, while in the long term, it can lead to both respiratory and skin allergies. So don't be a dumbass and give yourself asthma from exposure to platinum in its salt form. Next, we have our Pagan promotion section. Herein, I will highlight one person of interest, celebrity, or Pagan-owned business per week. Information for this week's Pagan promotion section comes from mysticmoontree.com. Mystic Moontree is an online shop run by a member of our Pagan community. They offer a selection of goods and services that are sure to meet the needs of any individual. From candles and crystals to prepared potions and lotions, this site has it all. Beyond the basics, they also offer tarot readings, crystal healing sessions, and classes where one can learn to harness their inner witch. The website has only been online since 2017, but it is well hashed out, and shopping there comes with the added bonus of supporting our pagan community by giving money to one of our own instead of to the major corporations and conglomerations. Make sure you head over to mysticmoontree.com and check out their products for yourself. The next section is on stories, myths, and legends. In this portion of the podcast, I will retell a legend, myth, or story related to the gods, magic, or anything else that I feel to be paganism-related. Information for today's story comes from sacredtext.com. This story is titled, The Descent of the Goddess Ishtar into the Lower World. This story begins with Ishtar, as she directs her attention towards the land of darkness, the land of no return. She directs her thoughts towards the House of Shadows, dwelling place of Urkala, and the house without exit for those who enter. In this place, there is no light for those who enter within, and clay is their food, with dust being their nourishment. Thinking to herself that the residents there have to live and live always in darkness, and they live sky-clad, clothed as the birds with only wings to cover themselves, and observing with their own eyes the dust that gathered over the floor and over the door and its bolt. She approached the gate of this land and spoke to the gatekeeper. She said, Gatekeeper, open the gate! Open the gate so that I may enter! If you refuse to allow me entry, then I shall break the door. Wrench the lock and smash the doorposts so that I may enter, and then I shall bring the dead to devour the living, and they do outnumber the living by so much. The gatekeeper was stunned, but pleaded with her nonetheless. Please, lady, desist! Do not destroy the gate! I will go and announce your name to my queen, Arishkigal. After which he promptly did just that, saying to Arishkigal, Your sister Ishtar is here with hostility and great powers. 
When Erishkigal heard this, she trembled like a reed, and wondered aloud what could have stirred her heart and mind. What does she say? What does she mean to stay here with me? To eat clay for food and drink dust for wine? I weep for those men and women and children who have been separated from their loved ones. Go then, gatekeeper, open the gate for her, and deal with her according to the ancient decree. When the gatekeeper returned to the goddess Ishtar, he said to her, Enter, great lady, let Kutha greet you, and let the palace of the land of no return be glad for your presence. He then bid her to enter through the first gate, which he opened for her, and then he took the crown from her head. Hey! she called out. Why did you take the crown from off my head? He responded with, Enter, such is the decree of Erishkigal. Then, at the second gate, he removed her earrings, which she again questioned, and he merely said again that it was the decree of his queen Erishkigal. At the third gate, he removed her necklace, and at the fourth, he removed the ornaments of her breasts, each time responding to her complaints that it was the decree of Erishkigal. At the fifth gate, he took her girdle, studded with birthstones, and at the sixth, he removed the spangles from her hands and her feet. Finally, at the seventh gate, he took even her loincloth from her, according to the decrees of Erishkigal. Once she had finally entered the land of no return, Erishkigal saw her and was angry at her being there. Similarly, Ishtar herself threw herself at Erishkigal in a rage. Erishkigal merely spoke to Namtar, her messenger, to whom she said, Go, imprison her in my palace, and send sixty diseases against her to punish Ishtar, disease of the eyes and the side and the foot and the heart and the head, Send diseases against her whole being and her whole body. And so Ishtar was imprisoned. After Ishtar came to be imprisoned in the land of no return, the bulls would not mount the cows, and the donkey did not go near the she-donkey. No man drew near to a maiden in the street, and both the man and maiden slept by themselves. After some time had passed, Papsukal, the messenger of the, god, of the great gods, was troubled his face bearing a troubled countenance, and his clothing was of soiled morning garb. Shamash, the sun god, went to Sin, the moon god, weeping in the presence of Ea, the king. He too went with flowing tears. Ishtar has descended to the earth and has not come back up, he lamented to Ea. The bull does not mount the cow, and the man does not approach the maid in the street, the donkey does not get near to the she-donkey, and the man sleeps alone in his apartment while the maid sleeps by herself. Ea, in his wisdom, formed a new being. This being was Asushunamir, the eunuch. To this being he said, Go, Asushunamir, and direct yourself to the land of no return. The seven gates of the land without return shall be opened before you and may Arishkigal rejoice at your sight. After her heart had been assuaged and her mind quieted, Asushu Namir turned against her the name of the great gods, raised his head and directed his attention to the Kalziku skin and asked for a drink of water from it. When Arishkigal heard his request, 
she struck her side and bit her finger before saying that he had asked for a thing that could not be granted. Then she cursed him with a great curse, that he would eat the sweepings of the gutters and drink from the drains of the city. The shadows would be his abode, and every drunkard and sod would strike his cheek. Then she told her messenger Namtar to knock at the strong palace and strike the threshold of precious stones to bring out the Anunnaki and seat them upon their golden thrones. And then sprinkle Ishtar with the waters of life and remove her from her sight. Namtar then did as he was bade, before leaving her again, through the seven gates, returning her seven items as he did so. That was the story of the descent of the goddess Ishtar into the lower world. Next week, we'll have a story from the Egyptian mythos, but for now, it's time to move on to the next segment. Now let's move on to the next segment, which I like to call Keeping Up with the Christians. In this segment, I take a look at what the Christians are doing lately and dissect it from a non-Christian's point of view. Part of this is a report on their goings-on, and part of it's just making fun of them, so I hope you enjoy it. This week in Keeping Up with the Christians. According to an article on ChristianHeadlines.com, Donald Trump is at it again. He did a Christmas speaking at a church in Dallas where he alluded to dark clouds hanging over the country and professed that America needs Jesus to save them. He then hinted that he intends to run for office again in 2024. In my opinion, he forgot about the part of the Christian Bible, something like Book of John Chapter 2, wherein their Jesus got so mad at people for practicing business inside of a temple that he braided a whip out of some leather cords and used it to drive the offenders out. Now. I'm not saying that there are not dark times ahead and that he can't say that people need religion inside of a house of worship because that's exactly what happens in many of these places. They say that dark times are coming and Jesus is here to save you. No, what I am saying is that if you wish to get a message out by using a Christian church to reach the Christian people, maybe you should read the book first. In other news, a radical right-wing broadcaster by the name of Stu Peters is encouraging his listeners to terrorize and kidnap their local officials if they do not rescind all mandates related to COVID-19. Not only is this a dangerous rhetoric to be spreading due to the simple fact that preventing the spread of disease will lead to more deaths, but also because it could potentially cause another riot like we saw at the beginnings of this year when Trump supporters stormed the Capitol building. Now, you might be wondering, who is Stu Peters and why should anyone care what he says? He is a former bail investigator, aka bounty hunter, and current radio host who, prior to having his Twitter banned due to spreading false information, had included such information in his bio about being a flag-hugging Christian, so it is no surprise that he is spreading insurrection. At least, I'm not surprised. The worrying part is that with 35,000 subscribers on YouTube alone, he has the ability to influence enough people to cause real problems for the rest of us. Additionally, according to an article on Newsweek.com, a Republican congresswoman by the name of Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to make America Christian again and restore those values. 
She wants everyone to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season and encourages everyone to remember that the world will know joy when they are enslaved by the zombie dictator in the sky. Well, those might not have been her exact words, but that was the basic message after you remove the Christian pomp. Finally, according to an article on KTVH.com, a Montana pastor is receiving blowback from the National Association of Realtors and their code of ethics regarding the LGBTQ discrimination. In short, the National Association of Realtors code of ethics prohibits hate speech against anyone due to their sexual orientation, and this pastor from Clinton Community Church in Missoula, Montana, by the name of Brandon Huber, sent out a letter to his church telling them that they could no longer partner with the local food bank due to its celebration of gay rights, which is against the doctrine of their church that homosexuality is wrong. The head of the LGBTQ Real Estate Alliance has leveled a lawsuit against him, and the good pastor was kind enough to countersue on the grounds that it was a violation of his rights and religion. Well, that's it for Keeping Up for the Christians for today. Tune in next week to find out the latest Christian drama. Now it's time for audience Q&A. This week, we have another question from Lyric in Las Vegas. She asks what the difference is between being Wiccan and Pagan. Merry meet, Lyric. As discussed in Episode 4, being a Pagan is a blanket term that envelops many different paths and religions. Being Wiccan, on the other hand, is a specific religion that falls within that group. Think about how all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. In this case, pagans are rectangles and Wiccans are squares, because all Wiccans are also pagans, but not all pagans are Wiccans. As for the specifics on the Wiccan religion, I will be pulling information from wikipedia.org to give further details. <coughs> Wicca is a modern pagan religion that was developed in England during the second half of the 20th century and introduced to the public by Gerald Gardner, whose views later went on to form the Gardnerian Book of Shadows, which is considered standard reading for many entering into witchcraft. Wicca does not have a central authority figure, unlike Catholicism, and has many different variations placed upon the core structure that were formed across the years. Wiccans generally worship the horned god Cernunos and the triple goddess, who is a triune being formed of the goddess Artemis, Gaia, and Hecate from the Greek traditions. Wiccans celebrate both the cycles of the moon and the cycles of the seasons. I hope that answered your question. To anyone else who wants to chime in, if you want to ask questions, leave comments, suggestions, send in content suggestions, or even just send me death threats and hate mail because you're a butthurt Christian and can't stand to hear me talking smack about your religion, please feel free to send them in at paganparlor1313 at gmail.com. Well, that's all I have for today. Links to the podcast will be posted in the Sorcerer's Guild and the Pagan Daily News Facebook groups, thanks to the gracious permissions from group admins. Also, if you haven't yet, make sure to check out the Pagan Parlor Facebook page and the Pagan Parlor Facebook group in order to stay up to date on current episodes and discuss their contents with other listeners as well as myself. Thank you for tuning into the Pagan Parlor. Finally, I'd like to say again that any questions, comments, suggestions, or death threats can be sent to paganparlor1313 at gmail.com. The whole of the law shall be do as thou wilt, but harm none. Blessed be.
and don't forget to blow out your candles.